Hi. One of the features here on Less the Book Coach is going to be a weekly podcast. Everybody has a story. I spent 17 years in radio asking questions, and until I started this series, I had no idea how much I missed it. The format of these podcasts is going to be a guest and me in a conversation, and you get to eavesdrop. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Everyone Has a Story. Our guest today is Kendra Kincaid, who is the founder and chairperson of Elevate Aviation. Kendra, welcome to Everyone Has a Story. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You and I have been working on your book, and that's how I got got to know you. But today we're talking about a foundation that, that you're involved with. Tell us about Elevate Aviation and what's the purpose of this foundation? Okay, well, first of all, I want to say you're the best book coach ever. <laughs> if anyone's looking for a book coach, <laughs> uh, it's just been a joy working with you. So thank you so much. I can't believe how focused uh, that you're making me on with that book. So thank you for that. Um, so Elevate Aviation is a nonprofit or- organization, and it's created to uh, really help women look at aviation for uh, career, for economic security. So, you know, just basically it started from where I came from in my past, I went, okay, you know, how can I help other women? And aviation was the tool that I had. And so um, we created Elevate Aviation, and uh, who knew that it would grow? Like, it, it just started as this, it started as a calendar, actually, and uh, it's grown to a national organization now. So it's uh, it's spreading, which means the love of aviation is spreading, which is good. <laughs> Give us a little bit about your background, and, and you chose your, your career as an, as an air traffic controller because it would give you that security, and, and it, it would give you the job that you needed. Uh, give us a little bit of, of your background and how you decided to be an air traffic controller. Well, basically, in a nutshell, I ran away when I was 13, and I ended up living on the streets and ended up in the foster care system. And then I left the foster care system through um, what a lot of young women do through relationships that weren't all that healthy. And um, so that was sort of my journey, no confidence and self-esteem. And one day I had met someone who was an air traffic controller and they took me on a tour inside the building. So I was like, I have no idea what this is. Sure, I'll go for a tour. I have no idea what an air traffic controller is. Like, like so many people have no idea what an air traffic controller is. I was one of them. But I walked inside the building and I just, my heart stopped. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I even had the opportunity to to plug in. And the man I was with wrote something on paper and he said, here, say this over the frequency. And so I did. I read off the paper and nothing happened. He said, well, you have to click this button. (laughs) So (laughs) then I clicked the button and I said it again. And this time, there was this voice on the other side that came back and read back what I, what I said to him. And uh, I just, that cemented the deal. I was going to be an air traffic controller. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. It's, it's an incredible career. Um, I will never, ever regret choosing that. It was a very difficult journey to become an air traffic controller, but it was well, well worth it. And now, 
now I get to try to help other women um, have independence and love themselves and, and all that sort of thing. And we use aviation as our tool to help women get there. So how the transition? You, you had somewhat of a difficult upbringing. You, you make it through school and you become an air traffic controller. Things are, are going, seem to be going relatively well for you. What, what brings about this foundation? Why the, the cause? Well, it, nothing was ever sort of smooth. You know, I, when, you, when you're in a place in your life where, uh, you know, you, you are really low or have no self-confidence and self-esteem, you know, you attract like and so I had gotten into unhealthy relationships and eventually um, what sort of sparked all this was you know the the entire journey but what, what sort of sparked it was was twofold one I had a man who helped me as an air traffic controller become successful so he became my mentor so I learned what is what a mentor was through him which I used to start Elevate Aviation sort of um, but the other thing was that I ended up getting divorced, and that divorce was really bad. It had some some really bad. It was just a very very bad situation for more than just me, and uh, that left me really depressed. And you know, I was at the point where it's kind of like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill yourself, or are you going to stand up and and move on? You have four kids. You you can't just keep living this way. You need to do something. And so that started on a, me on a journey of volunteering and. And I realized through different volunteering that making other people happy made me really happy. <laughs> Helping other people really made me happy. And eventually I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with the Royal Alex Hospital to help raise money for them. And to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, I had to raise $10,000, but I was a single mom, four kids, didn't know how I was going to raise this money. So I started a calendar and I asked the other women in air traffic control with me, if they would be in this calendar and they said, yes, we made it in two weeks. It sold out in two weeks and raised $10,000. And, and that was the first step to what, what would eventually be, become this organization. What does the organization do today? What's, what's its activity? Well, uh, one of our big things that I love so much is a, is a mentorship. We have a five-tier mentorship program from, you know, coming right in off the street to learn about aviation all the way to uh, aviation professionals who want to be mentors and, and helping them become more successful as mentors. Um, we do, we have bursaries, we have speaking engagements where we can, anyone can get a hold of us and request a speaker pretty much anywhere in Canada and we can send some people out to talk about aviation. We do a cross-country tour that started in Edmonton with one cross-country tour, and that's where we bring people right into the aviation industry, and we take them on tours of the towers and the air traffic control centers and hangars and airplanes, and they get to touch, feel, smell, and it really makes a big impact. So that started as one in Edmonton, and now we go to 20 locations, um, this year was canceled for COVID, but we go to Iqaluit, Whitehorse, Yellowknife, Goose Bay and Gander and Vancouver and a bunch of places in between in Canada. Um, and then we do, we have a learning center that we started and uh, that's where we bring people from schools, students from schools, and we have some weeks that are adult weeks. We bring them inside the aviation industry here in Edmonton, Alberta for an entire week. And for example, 
Canadian North will turn their Boeing 737 into an escape room and they have to figure out how to escape out of the aircraft. And they get to play with drones and they get to go into the air traffic control center and they get to visit the tower and a whole week experiencing these amazing things. Um, and we were just opening in Calgary when COVID hit. So, but the intent is to continue to open these and to even open a, a bigger campus in Edmonton where people can come and, and actually get certified in, on certain courses and stay and sleep overnight for the duration of the course. So we're working on that project right now. You and I talked about it earlier. One of your target groups or, or your, your target group is to involve uh, women or girls in, in the industry. Um, what's your finding or, or what's the numbers like now in terms of uh, the, the number of positions that are held by women? I, I'm guessing that it's a pretty low percentage or else you wouldn't have uh, founded a foundation to try to improve it. Well, the highest number as far as the, the women in the male traditional side of things, so not necessarily the flight attendant roles and, and such, but um, air traffic controller, they're pretty high. They're at 17%, which is still pretty low, but compared to commercial pilots that are at 5 6%, depending on what survey you look at, and aircraft maintenance engineers, 1%. Sometimes you get, you'll read 2%, so 1% to 2%. Um, so they're all really low, but when you talk to these women who are in these careers, they love their, like, people in aviation are so passionate about what they do. And so we just really want to get out there and, and just showcase aviation to other women so they can consider it as a career. Especially as the aviation industry starts building up again after COVID, you know, we can, you know, bring women in and, and start to, it's not even really about changing the numbers. It's just trying to educate women that these careers are here as an option for them to look at it. And, and before COVID, the shortages in aviation were massive. Like they needed women to start looking at these careers just to help fill the gaps. So we'll see. We'll see where we end up, you know, a year, two years from now, if we if we get back to that big gap, or or if it's even greater. So, uh, in your in your work, in your research, have you found the reason as to to why the percentage of women in these jobs is so much lower? Yeah, the, the we actually the government gave us some money to do um, a three year project to determine why women aren't looking at aviation as a career. And what we found out through sur sur um, surveys, focus groups, and interviews all across Canada was really the number one thing is that women don't know about these careers. And even on our cross-country tours, where we have spoken to thousands of young women, at the end of the day, they all ask the same thing. Why haven't we heard of these careers before? And that really sparked the question for us. Why haven't they heard of these careers before? In some of our the surveys that we did, we interviewed teachers and guidance counselors, and we found that even teachers and guidance counselors don't know a lot about aviation, and they don't know where to go to point someone in the right direction for aviation. So we're really trying to work at that level, too, and educate people on where to go for aviation. Our learning center, we're actually taking it online so that not only the schools in Alberta can come to the learning center, but Anyone from around the world, any of these schools can have access to this learning center and um, and show the kids all like the awareness of all these careers because girls do like aviation. <laughs> I've had some say to me, why are you trying to showcase aviation to women? If they wanted to be there, they would. 
But we've showed, just from our learning center alone, we survey the people who come in, and we've had about 50-50 young men to young women. And 77% of the the young men, when they're done, say they want a career in aviation. And for the young women, it's 76%. It's pretty much the exact same percentage between the, the, you know, boys, girls, men, women that are interested in aviation. So it's just a matter of getting it out there more, I think. You mentioned um, guidance counselors and, and that there seems to be a lack of awareness there in, in promoting it. And I think of guidance counselors and career choices in high school. But a lot of times, it, it seems to me, kids have probably made a choice or are angling towards a, a career earlier than that. Are you, are you targeting a younger group to, to get them at least thinking about or asking questions about jobs in aviation? Yes, we actually go as young as grade six. So we'll go to schools and, and talk to young girls at grade six. And we're just about to launch. We're actually a little late launching it. Um, so it should launch soon. Our junior jet program. And that's for kids from age five to 10. And it will be online and we'll have some stuff on there that they can do and, and little games to play and stuff. Just trying to spark their interest into aviation. When you talk about aviation, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is pilots. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in working with you and the community that I happen to live in has a few, so I think of air traffic controllers. But there's more jobs out there. I mean, there's, tell us about the, the range of jobs and, and, you know, the things that people don't even think of. Like, when you talk about jobs in aviation, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, you know about air traffic controllers than I do, but you'd be amazed the amount of people who have no idea what an air traffic controller is, or they think you're the person out with the red wands on the runway, um, or you think they're in the tower and that's it. Like, people aren't aware that there's, there are actually air traffic controllers in centers all across Canada. Um, so there's, you know, as you said, pilots, air traffic controllers, um, there's aircraft maintenance engineers, there's aerospace engineers there's business owners uh, we one of our ladies on our board kalea owns absolute combustion where she's coming up with technology to heat the aircraft so there's lots of opportunity for entrepreneurs in aviation drones whether you want to call them aviation or not they are aviation um the futures the future of drones is mind-blowing if, if you know if anyone's interested in looking into that start googling different things that drones are already doing in the world. I mean, that that's a whole industry that's going to just, you know, rip open here. So, so something to get involved in. Um, yeah. And then, and then there's, you know, there's, there's fueling. And when we're talking fueling, we're not just talking about the people who are out there fueling the airplanes. We're talking again about the business owners of those companies and the many different levels in between and airports, the security at the airports, the, the HR in airports, um, all they're, they're, just think of how many careers are probably inside an airport. There's tons of careers like that. There's there's just so much in aviation. There's there's companies that own um, if you ship your dog to your mother in, a, in another province, who picks up that dog in that crate? So there are companies who actually do all that, you know, animal shipping. And they go and pick up the animals, or or if there's a layover, they look after those animals during the layover. Like, it's, it's kind of incredible how many careers are inside the industry. Uh, can't can't leave you go without 
calling on some of the examples in the past couple of days in working with you i've heard some some great stories about women that are in in the aviation business right right now one that we talked about before we came on the air was uh melissa haney tell tell us about her story Oh, Melissa Haney is just an amazing woman. If you Google Melissa Haney, uh, you'll find her face on a stamp. Uh, so she's she's actually on a stamp because she was recognized for being the first Inuk female to captain an aircraft. She grew up in northern Quebec. And she, like so many other women, uh, you know, started as a flight attendant. And she started as a flight attendant, and she kept looking up front and going, wait a minute, why can't I do that? And she works for Air Inuit, and Air Inuit is so supportive, um, and they helped her through the entire process. And now she's she's a captain for Air Inuit, and and an inspiration to women everywhere that you know you can follow your dreams. So, obviously, when when you talk about dreams, there's got to be something you know the next step for elevate aviation in a perfect world what would be the next step for your foundation i I guess the first thing would be do away with COVID and get back to a uh, a more normal situation but this is going to go away and we're going to get back to some kind of normal what do you see as the next step for elevate aviation well yes we need COVID to go away the industry needs it to go away like we need to get out there and fly again because flying is what brings people together with their their dreams right like we we want that so but the next step for elevate um really we are starting our elevate aviation campus um we're doing our whole we're taking everything online which is really exciting but bigger than that we're uh, starting a, a campus and we're starting our first 17 week course probably next spring and at that course you'll be able to um, come in. You, uh, we're just working on whether people actually stay overnight there or not. We're trying to work out all the details right now. But you'll walk away from that course with an introduction to aviation, where you'll have a bunch of different certificates when you leave that course. And we want to grow that into, you know, a school where people can come to from all over the world and come and stay and get educated and, you know, on the job training and get certified, and we'll help find you a job afterwards. With that learning center so that's the big dream so hopefully hopefully it starts in the spring and one step at a time kendra the industry has has turned your life around i know that in in working with you it's a it's a it's a passion for you it's it's made big changes in your life if you look at the aviation industry and what it's done in your life what's the single biggest best thing about it that's a great question um, well, I want to say, you know, the economic it's economic security it's created for me um, as an air traffic controller. Uh, it's definitely done that. It's allowed me to be able to live the life the way that I needed to live it to, to get to where I am today, and and to be able to have my own support so that I didn't have to rely on anyone else. Um, you know, I could choose to rely on someone, but I didn't have to rely on someone when I was in a in a an abusive relationship. So, you know, it really helped me set up my own life. And, um, and, and on top of that, the amount of amazing people that I've met through aviation, I just, I can't imagine any other industry that has people so passionate 
so many people passionate about it. So I'm just grateful for um, both those things and and many, many more. But but those are the, the two biggest ones. In a in another area, you've you're involved with uh, the Canadian Forces to some degree. Tell us tell us about this position and what you do there. I am the luckiest person on earth. That's what I am with that. <laughs> um, so I'm an honorary colonel. Not many people, just like air traffic control, I say, not many people know what an honorary colonel is, but the Canadian military has honorary colonels. So my squadron is the 417 Squadron up in Cold Lake. They are the best squadron in the world, I like to call them. They're called the Jokers, and um, they're a helicopter, They so they do search and rescue. And so I get to represent them and try to show them off to the world and just show what they do. And then, you know, also go up and visit them and spend time with them and, and just try to try to make their life better in any way I, I possibly can. Um, but, you know, that I got to do things like RUIT training down in Halifax to experience what they experienced. So I got to practice escaping out of a helicopter after it was flipped upside down underwater in storm-like conditions. Uh, just Now, let me get this straight. Is that something that you're excited about? Like you, you think of that as a highlight? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, there's, there'll be different. <laughs> there'll be different views on that one. <laughs> but okay, Probably. carry on. <laughs> Probably. Well, so last week I went up and I, I got to do a search and rescue mission with them. Um, they were practicing, so not a real one. We were practicing, and so the helicopter came to rescue. We we were pretending there was a quad accident. So the guy, uh, the um, med tech, came down and assessed everything. Everything was fine. And then they took me, pretending to be a patient, basically. Uh, so I got to hook up to, to the tether, and I was pulled up into the helicopter and from the ground. And it was, it was just, it's so cool. It's what they do is amazing. They put their life on the line for people all the time. Like some of, some of the search missions that they, search and rescue missions that they do are just scary. And um, I get, you know, I get to have the, the fun part, but they, they really do put their life on the line. They go out in, in weather that's, you know, other people might not go out in to try to rescue people and go to places that you probably don't want to go. And um, they're incredible. They're really incredible. And I'm just so lucky to be part of their group in a tiny way. <laughs> Kendra, thanks so much for your time today. Our guest on Everybody Has a Story has been Kendra Kincaid, the founder and chairperson of Elevate Aviation. That's today's podcast, Everybody Has a Story. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed asking the questions. And if you have any ideas for an interesting guest, uh, you'd like to hear more on any topic, please send the idea along to Less the Book Coach at gmail.com.